Hello there, everybody. It's Bush and Ritchie. It's your podcast from your home time show. Uh, imagine me as a waiter stood here with Bush uh, beside me with like a, uh, a, a a white tea towel over his uh, over his arm. Here's the Gee. menu for you today. A virtual festival come down, some new fads and a rock and roll legend from the 70s and 80s. But I've got to add that I'm afraid we're completely out of comedy. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. An action-packed Hometime show on the way for you guys this evening. Roger Daltrey, frontman of The Who, on the way after six, chatting about a special Teenage Cancer Trust campaign and the return of the football. If you were listening to the Isle of Wight Front Room Festival over the weekend and specifically last night, you would have heard Roger Daltrey uh, singing with The Who. Uh, their 1970 set from the Isle of Wight uh, was part of the festival yesterday evening, uh, which was great fun and is now over. Uh, we got you ready for it last week with the virtual ferry ride over to the Isle of Wight. Obviously, the virtual festival in your front rooms Friday, Saturday and Sunday evening. And now it is very much time for that virtual festival come down. That is always a real kick in the backside after a weekend at a festival, isn't it? Well, I mean, if we were going to do the authentic uh, full festival experience via the powers of virtual reality and the radio, we need the complete experience. No, no festival experience is complete without that incredibly grim return journey home on a Monday that everyone absolutely hates. So I, I remember coming back from the Shine On Weekender a couple of years ago, and I saw a load of people at a service station somewhere like in Taunton or something like that. And it was just <laughs> so, everyone looked so sad and so forlorn. So we could have a virtual, I don't know, virtual completely sad totally in silence service station lunch what about that you, know, you <laughs> yes. sit in total silence with everyone who 24 hours ago you're all on each other's shoulders dancing around listening to bands and having a great time now you're sat in silence eating a cheese toasty at costa coffee we want to hear from you. What part of the virtual festival come down are you suffering from today? Bush, I've got I've got virtual backache. That backache that comes from not just all the dancing around when you've got a beer jacket on in the evening and you don't realise how uncomfortable it is to dance in your Wellingtons, uh, but also the fact that you've spent, uh, at the very least, three days under canvas, uh, lying on an airbed uh, with very bad lumbar support. I have virtual back pain. Well, this is it. All you need to do is put the word virtual before anything that you would experience on that day when you've got to go home after a festival. And hey, presto, you have authentic virtual reality, an authentic virtual reality experience. Uh, get in touch with the show now, 8, 12, 15. You can tweet, text us or tweet us as well at Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Ben says he's going to do a bit of virtual wet tent unpacking. <laughs> Spot on. Do you know, weirdly, our, our actual main camping tent that we have as a family, I didn't realise if you don't dry a tent out before you put it away, you get nightmare mould all over it. It's ruined our family tent. And that's not even anything to do with festivals or coolness. It's just run-of-the-mill camping. Same with our, our family rug bush. Discover that at the weekend. That doesn't sound so cool as a family tent, but there we go. Um, James has got... Uh, well, James is uh, virtually waking up on a, uh, a bench in a train station. Uh, he says, the morning after you've missed your connection and still in the weekend's festering clothes. 
That is so grim. I can almost smell him from here. It's like smell-o-vision. And, and Nick Riley suggests a, a virtual Mackie stop-off, as in McDonald's stop-off, that makes you feel alive for the first time in oh. five days. I tell you what, you cannot beat that kind of uh, rejuvenation that you get when you do tuck into a bit of fast food on the way home from a yes, festival please. on a Monday. So we'll uh, render that in virtual reality. What else should be rendered virtual? Quite a warm thoughts compared to Marty, oh. who's got in touch with uh, stepping in virtual vomit. He's got to clean that oh. up. Oh, Marty. Michael Jones, kind of down the same route, virtual crusty pants, which he clarifies is because of mud. Hashtag virtual festival. At Duncan's, <laughs> Duncan's is quite dark. He's going with virtual demons, setting in as you put the tent away, knowing the next four days are going to be the longest oh. in history. We like to call that experience virtual sweaty and scared. <laughs> the authentic post-festival experience. Uh, Jason said, we've had a lot of stuff about going, do, doing your motions, or well, I don't know a better way to put it, but Jason says virtual backed up bowels. Thank you very much for that, Jason. Cheers, mate. Tony's got the other problem. He's gone with virtual squirts. Oh, my word. Keep them coming. There one one more dirty comment away from closing this phone in down. Eight twelve fifteen to get in touch with the show. Behave yourselves. Absolute Radio, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Uh, Gemma says, virtual dematting of long hair after it not being washed or brushed for five days. Lots of conditioner, <laughs> she says. <laughs> uh, virtual, virtual black bogeys uh, from Caroline oh. says she also, always finds her nose blowing is filthy after a festival. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going I'm to carry that by saying I would say going around the city, central London, places like that, that that's the home of the black bogeys. Surely not a lovely field or somewhere gorgeous like the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd agree with you on that. If if I was to pick my nose, I would. I don't suffer from this problem because I, I don't have that as a habit. It doesn't happen, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lucy says, definitely post-festival hay fever, although that's not virtual right now. I look like I've been punched in the eye. Honestly, it is the, it's been one of the worst seasons ever for hay fever. I mean, I've not had hay fever for ages, but this is a bad one. And also, with obviously, if you sneeze in public at the moment, people would like beat you with a stick or you're going to get burnt at the stake. So it's not good timing. I, I feel your pain. And Jenny, who actually lives on the Isle of Wight, this is a lovely and in, interesting message because it's from someone who's actually over there. It says, afternoon, guys. I've got virtual missing the aftermath. I live in Cowes, and right now uh, the high street would usually be covered in mud from the wellies of festival goers catching the red jet home. There'd be no booze in Sainsbury's and I'd usually be going past the festival site, watching it being taken down and feeling a bit nostalgic. It doesn't feel right that the high street is clear and that there's alcohol in the shops. Oh. Bomber Harris says on Twitter, best festival ever. Drink when I wanted it, no waiting for an hour in a queue and paying way too much for a beer. Toilet free when I needed it and the floor was dry. And I had a barbecue going all day. No muddy footwear or clothes. And the lineup was amazing. Uh, you can't debate that part of it. Uh, Queen plus Adam Lambert, Paul McCartney, David Bowie, Foo Fighters, The Who, Coldplay. Uh, they're all on the app for you to listen to on demand, uh, which is good news, uh, like Bush said, for the likes of Dan from Harold Hill, who says, I'm sorry I missed it over the weekend. My wife, Lisa, went into labour and gave birth to our beautiful daughter, Lily. Well, there you are. When you get a moment and you're not going to get much time over the next few weeks, Dan, catch it up on the app. Have a listen in about two years' time when you finally get five minutes to yourself. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name.
Absolute Radio. Has anyone got into something during lockdown? I don't mean into any trouble, but I just mean into a thing. Like, you've know, <laughs> got a bit of time on your hands, reevaluate, try new stuff out. Like, for example, I mentioned this at the, at the top of the hour, but a load of our friends are doing this thing at the moment, which is like a, it's a business fad or a lifestyle fad, but it is supposed to change your life. And that is they've been getting up at 5 a.m., so that you can be more productive. Really? Yeah, so it's weird. Like loads and loads of Katie's friends are doing it. So that you get up at like 5, 5.30, and you get an hour of stuff done before the rest of the household wake up. I mean, it seems kind of common sense, but it's this fad that's doing the rounds. And when I look around Facebook, wow. Facebook at the moment is how you're kind of finding out about people. It seems that people are into different stuff whilst the lockdown is on. Like, I've taken up learning chess to improve my analytical mind. I'll keep you posted on that one. Nothing's happening at the moment. Uh, my partner, Katie, is growing veg in the garden. We've got friends who are doing the gardening thing. So in terms of type of sharing of information, just to see how everyone's getting on, a peek over the virtual garden fence to keep the virtual thing going from the first hour of the show. What's your thing at the moment? What are you into? You've given some quite healthy examples there with uh, with your Katie into the garden and uh, uh, these business people uh, t- are choosing to get up an hour earlier. I'm afraid to report from our household, one, because I'm Mr Rutt, I'm not necessarily uh, starting anything new. However, my wife has got into something, but it's not a healthy one. I'm very grateful for it. She's making cookies. She does not stop making cookies. She's perfecting various cookie doughs, some of them chocolate orange, some of them chocolate, some of them standard, getting frustrated that she's not getting a proper rise. I know the problem, Uh, but it's it's fantastic. (laughs) But seriously, this house is churning out so many cookies. That is the thing that she's got really into. Do you know what? She, she came and gave you a cookie when we were having our video chat uh, for the show plan tail end of last week. And uh, the noise that the cookie made when you dropped it on the plate to show its weight, that it's, packed, it's packed in there, that cookie. It sounded like a good cookie. She makes a dense cookie, does my wife. Is that a compliment? <laughs> it was meant to be. Uh, evaluating it doesn't come across as one. <laughs> well, look, uh, let's, let's have a sharing of information here, right? What's your thing? What are you into? Is it paddleboarding, taking a hobby? What is your thing that's developed during the lockdown? We'd love to hear from you. You can text the show, 81215. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Beck says she's really got into cycling. She says, it's great. I love getting a little bit lost early in the morning and then I finish off the journey after work. It's brilliant. That's amazing. I love the freedom. Uh, Richard Cook has got into chess. Me too. I'm hoping to try and make my brain a bit better and be less impulsive. But great to see him getting involved in chess. It's good. I think it's having a bit of a renaissance as people always thought of chess as this stuffy game played by old gits. But I think it's kind of getting a bit back in being modern and being all right again. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, and I have to be honest, your, your talking about it has made me want to dabble because I used to like it as a kid, but I haven't done it for Get ages. Involved. Uh, this is this is great. I love this. Lisa Dessert. What a great name. Lisa Dessert <laughs> says she's mastered <laughs> tricep push-ups. I guess if I had a surname that was uh, a food that might impinge on my fitness, I might want yeah. to master triceps. That's great. Tricep push-ups. It- well done, Lisa. It's like being, it's like you were called, imagine if you were called like Richie Sticky Bun. You'd, you'd just, it would almost be like whipping you the whole time. <laughs> get down, be, give yeah. me 50. Get down, give me 50. And then Lisa Rogers is watching, she's obsessed with a program. It's called 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days. Ugh. 
Oh my god, I've I've not heard anyone else mention this apart from my girlfriend Katie is obsessed with that TV show. And basically, what it is, people who have had online relationships meet up, and then they've got ninety days to decide whether they like each other enough to stay together. Otherwise, the visa expires, and the other one has to go home. Bush, I'm going to say this because I'm a safe forty miles apart right now. But every time you refer to a TV program that your girlfriend Katie is into, it appears yep. to be utter tripe. Do you know what? I'm glad that someone's finally blown the whistle on her. This <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians and Hollywood psychic or whatever he's called as well. Help! It's a cry for help. I mentioned about the cookies in our household earlier. Alison's maybe a little bit similar. She says we've baked so many different muffin variations: apple and cinnamon yesterday, which were delicious. Apart from that, I've learned how resilient my liver is. Do you know what? I would like to know what her view is on the best muffin. Surely it's blueberry. I can't think of a better muffin than a blueberry muffin, to be honest with you. It's the original muffin, isn't it, really? It is, true. Please get back to us on that. Clarify. Scott in Shropshire has got an interesting take on this. He says, guys, during lockdown, I've rediscovered skateboarding. Now, this is interesting because my younger brother, Simon, uh, is two years younger than me. He's done exactly the same thing. We had skateboards when we were kids and he's just bought one recently. Uh, Scott says, I've bought myself a new deck helmet and I'm even building a skate ramp as a quarter pipe. It's about six foot wide. Wow. And I'm skating with my son and one of my nephews and one of my nieces. And I'm currently waiting for skate parks to reopen before I make the mobile on a trip to the skate park to indulge in my new rediscovered hobby of skateboarding. I love that. That's awesome. Laura says her seven-year-old has finally got into cycling, says he's riding with no stablers. At the beginning of the lockdown, he couldn't. Andy and Bromley's getting involved in a bit of card magic. Love that. Look into my eyes, not around my eyes, Andy. Uh, and Anne says she's got into sewing. She says, I've done loads, but yesterday <laughs> I made myself a reversible hat. Now, the thriftiness in me loves that. One piece of work, two outfits. What are you into at the moment? What's your thing? You can text the show 81215 if you're looking for a new hobby. You can tweet us at Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Emma in Bournemouth says my boyfriend has a man cave and he's now putting it to use by buying broken remote control cars from Marketplace and fixing them. <laughs> we now have six. He cannot part with them. The intention was to buy, fix and sell on. But now he's collecting them and some proper monster trucks amongst them. And the thing is, they're now growing on me. Do you know what us blokes are idiots, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? Aren't we? I mean, I'm, you know, I admire the bloke, but we are. What we get up to, women just must roll their eyes and look at us and think, what on earth is he doing? However, having said that, Two Tree Island, the local beauty spot down the road where Emma Jones from The Breakfast Show told me was an adult interest place. Uh, if you go for a walk down there in the daytime, Emma, uh, you can see people flying their remote control planes and they are unbelievable, those things. They go so fast, I don't know how they even control them. They look so cool. Very, very cool. So maybe maybe he's ahead of the curve. Who knows? Sean says, guys, in lockdown, we've been playing Scrabble every Tuesday night. More often than not, my husband wins. However, I occasionally win as it's double points for rude words as she's putting block capitals. I think she's going a bit stir crazy. <laughs> uh, nine-year-old Harry and his dad are claiming they're getting into backgammon. There can't be that many nine-year-olds, Harry, that are playing backgammon. That's fantastic. 
I love that. That's the kind, the kind of the game you see if you go to like an old Greek village when you're on holidays, like old people playing it in the centre. It looks quite relaxing and everything as well. Uh, and this one says, guys, I was booked onto a stained glass course for beginners in April. Someone to look forward to after recovering from a hip replacement operation. But I was really disappointed when it got cancelled due to lockdown. So do you know what? I went on YouTube and taught myself. My aim was to create a small window for my office. And due to lockdown, my husband Ian was at home to help me put it up once I'd made it. And I saved myself 150 50 quid in course fees. Check you out. That is brilliant. You're all winning. Uh, Kylie says, I'm into bubble wrap at the moment. I'm buying some soon for when I move, but I'm planning long-term commitments where I lay on it and roll about and maybe sumo bubble wrap wrestle. I may have lost the plot. Could make a fair bit of online money with that and we'll leave that one there. Uh, <laughs> Sharon says she's been learning Chinese. Good for her. Wow, that's more high-end than bubble wrap wrestling. Uh, Matt Lambert <laughs> says Texas Hold'em Poker via Zoom. It's working surprisingly well. Well, played four evenings against friends and I've won one of them. Do you know my friend, my good friend Toby Layton Pope does this with his friends, I think it's every Friday night, but they, they, I think you play online and then you have the Zoom chat going as well. Because obviously if you, if you all add your own individual deck of cards, that'd be incredibly confusing. Please clarify how this actually works. Uh, Shelley says, I've been learning how to make British Indian restaurant curries. Tastes amazing, but not so good on my waistline. <laughs> and wow. then Billy's been very honest up in Teesside. He says, look, I've tried many things. At the start of lockdown, I started a new exercise routine. Sit-ups, press-ups, etc. Two weeks in, playing on trampoline with my daughter, and I've done my back in. So, after recovering, I got myself a bike. Started doing quite a bit, considering I hadn't been on one for 15 years. Two weeks in, fell off bike, done my leg in. <laughs> oh, my word. He's like the Barry Sheen of recreational <laughs> activities. There's one he? for the kids. There you go, kids. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie is what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. We've been asking you, we've been having a little nose really over the last hour, wanting to know quite simply what you're into right now. Uh, get in touch, 8.12.15 with a text. Sarah has said pallet upcycling, possibly one of the curious, uh, the most curious so far. Uh, we've made a kitchen, that? a bookcase, a show rack, oh. a herb planter, a wood store and two gates for the front and back. Sadly now, we've run out of pallets and we're very sad. I am curious how they've made a kitchen out of a pallet. I genuinely thought that was something to do with cycling on a bike. Like she was going up, up pallets. <laughs> you know, you get some weird, like, exercise bike routines. I thought she was cycling up wood. Uh, Andrew Curd, who's got a cracking name. Lemon Curd, that's, you don't see that often these days, do you? Lemon Curd. I used to love, love that when love I was it. a kid. Love Is it. it still a thing? If you, if you still have Lemon Curd, get in touch with this show, and we'll link you up with Andy. There could be some kind of uh, advertising opportunity. You'll be in the papers. Anyway, he says, look, during lockdown, I've become addicted to singing on a Facebook group. The big sing-along. I've done over 100 songs so far. What an amazingly unifying thing to sing along to. That's great. Connor is in Glasgow and has dug out his old Game Boy. He says, I'm really into my Game Boy. I've rediscovered awesome childhood memories of playing Pokemon, uh, yellow and gold and emerald, etc. But the wife is very embarrassed. Uh, Honestly, I remember I had a Game Boy, went for a family holiday to Tenerife when I was a kid, and I played R-Type, if you remember that game, non-stop. Good lad, enjoy that. Philippa says, my husband has become a pool man. He has chemicals, litmus paper, and has a hoover to keep his pool crystal clear. Apparently his words, she adds. Wow. What is that? (laughs) 
Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. I speak directly now to Tom. Tom cuts my hair. I've no idea if he's listening to the show this evening, but Tom, I haven't forgotten you. Uh, my word, if you if you work in a barber's, you're a hairdresser, you cut hair in any way, shape or form. Um, what a tough time it must be. Um, and and for the story that I'm about to tell you, um, I, I don't want to forget the fact that that's, that's their living and that is just so hard that you can't still go back uh, to a barber's or a hairdresser's right now. Unbelievably, for the third time in this lockdown, I've had to ask my wife to cut my hair. Um, when I did it the first time, Bush, it was so I was so reticent to do it <laughs> when I did it the second time. I was like, wow, I'm having to do this a second time. When I asked her this morning, can you cut my hair again? It was almost sort of like as if it was like something that happens all the time. And she flippantly goes, I'll check my appointments. It is oh mad word. that I'm having a third cut by my wife. I, I, you should get her. I'd be interested if she turned around and just asked whether you'd booked or not straight away. You know, like sometimes you walk into a hairdresser and they look at you like dirt because you've yeah. not booked ahead. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just so crazy. Like, I mean, it just, we were talking the other day about um, how you measure, how you measure the, this, this time period that has been locked down. But maybe that's, maybe that's a thing. How many haircuts you've had during it. Well, it's weird. I've only had one haircut from Katie, my other half, during lockdown. Um, and it's, it, I don't know if anyone else has got this situation. I've managed to get it shaved at the sides. The top's still incredibly long, but I've lacquered it down. So if, if anything ruffles my hair, like our daughter sits on my head if we're walking around town and she gets off and ruffles it, it, it comes out the way, you know, like someone from the 1970s, an old fella's hair or comb over would come out if he got into a scrap. A little bit like, you know, when a, a policeman from the 70s will try and wrestle a pitch invader and his policeman's helmet will come off and this big old comb over will flop down to his waist. That's what I feel like at the moment. So I've only had one, one haircut. I would say that's quite a high haircut frequency. Three yes, for you, I think Richie. it probably is. I think it probably is. And something has just something has just made sense in my head. And I need to share it. Look, we, we, we've got to crack on with the show tonight because Roger Daltrey's on very soon. But I need to tell you, yesterday we went over as a family to Leon Sea to spend the day on the beach. That's where Bush lives. I thought to myself, oh, we might be able to socially distance, meet up at two metres, say hello. We haven't actually seen each other face to face for so long. But for whatever reason, despite the fact I've driven all those miles, it, it didn't happen. We didn't meet up. <laughs> now I understand why. You didn't want me to see your hair. That's what was going on. Well, do you know what? To add to that, and I mean, this is not the case, but I admit it doesn't look good for me because earlier on uh, we had our video conference chat about planning the show and I was silhouetted. So yet again, almost not wanting you to see my face. Hair shaming, that's what's going on. It is. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Monday night's Hometime, Bush and Richie, Absolute Radio. We are joined by a living legend, the Who front man, Roger Daltrey. How are you, Roger? I'm good, thanks. I mean, surviving and climbing the walls like everybody else. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I live on a farm, so it's not too bad. Just, uh, the, the rhythm of the land doesn't stop for anyone, as you know. 
Yeah. And being, being out in the middle of nowhere, if you are out in the rural type of thing, like you are at the moment, is that better or worse? Sometimes you think, oh, being away from everything is good. But then you, I, I guess you must look out the window at night and the crickets are croaking and it's pitch black. You think, wonder what the hell's going on out there. Do you feel a bit kind of distant or, or what? Uh, no, I kind of, you know, living here for 50 years, I, I kind of got used to it. And, and it, cause it's all, always isolated. I must admit, oh, I'm, I'm you know, if anyone needs a round of applause, it's all those people in, in London in, in flats with no balconies, no gardens. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we should have, we should have a, you know, a 30-minute applause for them <laughs> because how they, it must have been, it must be hell. Clap, yeah. clap, for, clap for the captives, we could call it. What's, what this is doing to the kids is terrifying. It really is terrifying. It really is having a much larger effect on children than they realise, I'm sure. Well, obviously, uh, we, we wanted to chat to you because of um, your involvement with, with the Teenage Cancer Trust. And it's, it's interesting. You obviously mentioned the effect it's having on the kids, um, the effect um, it's, it's having on um, cancer treatments for, for anybody uh, at the moment is also uh, well, another that, knock-on effect, isn't it's, it? It's horrendous. I mean, the, the ramifications of this are horrendous. I mean... Especially for teenagers, adolescents, and young adults with cancer, they tend to get late diagnosis at the best of times. I mean, really, when when everything's running smoothly, they 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 tend to be last in the queue for diagnosis. Yeah. What this is going to do with, to them, I don't know because uh, their the cancers they get are, tend to be more aggressive because of their age. So this is an absolute. It's every everywhere you look in in this. It's a nightmare, and I don't know what the right decisions are. I'd hate to be in government because I, I think whatever decisions they make, they'll be accused of being wrong because no, no one knows the right way to deal with it. No, it's a, we're in the land that don't know. So, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be hosting some of the nights at the Royal Albert Hall last year uh, and uh, was due to host this year as well. I mean, what was it like trying to be that, that decision to, to cancel the nights at the Royal Albert Hall, which, which is so important to the Teenage Cancer Trust? And what's it like for the charity to have lost those nights for this one sequence? You know, it would have been, it'd been a, an anniversary as well, wouldn't it? Well, it's our 30th anniversary as a charity and it was the 20th anniversary of the Albert Hall. So it was two big events for us. I felt like I'd been hit with a bat. I, I was literally like in a daze for a month. Uh, it, it was such a big hit. Because um, it takes a year to get that together, that week of shows. It's not easy to get seven artists who can fill the Albert Hall. Because we have to guarantee to fill it just to, to charity to make money. Yeah. Um, and then get them all to do it for nothing. And all on a certain night of the week. So, it, so you haven't got... A, a dark night in the middle of the week. It's yeah. a tricky old game that we do, you know. Uh, and to lose it right at the last moment, it was it was heartbreaking. And for the charity, of course, it's a, it's a particular whammy because it, it raises. We always raise over a million pounds. Anything up to two, we have raised over two in some years. We can't tell until we do it. Um, it, it. It's a huge hole in the finance. But it's also, it's our platform for promotion. We don't, we don't really pay for any advertising anywhere. It's all word of mouth. It's all goodwill. And most of it kind of em, emanates from the, from the Albert Hall shows. So it's a triple whammy for us. Every way, everywhere we look, every, every means we had of, of fundraising has been stopped. Yeah. 
Um, so, that, you know, I'm beating on the doors of government at the moment to try and get uh, some of the charity money that's gone in there. Because if it goes, just splashes into the NHS, it will be paying some high-grade manager. It won't, you know, to get to the front line is very, very difficult. Um, and on the front line, people forget that when they go into one of our units, that whole space, that whole ward is all charity. Uh, we, we just don't do the medicine. We do a lot of the, the nursing. We don't do much of it, but we do quite a bit, bit of the specialised psycho, psychiatric nursing for the, that age group. And we are the only age-specific thing in the whole of the NHS. Everybody's happy to give children nurseries and teddy bears and rainbows on the wall. But what is there for a, a teenager mm. that, that's, that's age-specific? There's absolutely nothing. And I, we want to change that. And in this tough time, keeping it uh, keeping it going is is obviously harder than ever. Um, tell us what um, Bonnie Tyler and Lorraine Crosby have got together to to try and help yeah. in the meantime. Well, bless the girls. I mean, oh, they're wonderful, aren't they? I mean, the two great singers, uh, and they just got a single. It's one of Bonnie's old old songs. Um, uh, I'll stand by you. Uh, and they, they, they've just done a duet together uh, and, and, it, and the proceeds are going to the charity. I, I, with streaming, you don't, it's hard to make any money out streaming, as every musician will tell you. Unless you get a few billion streams, you're, you're going to earn nothing. <laughs> but what it will do is, of course, of course, it will raise awareness. And if people want this to exist in, in the NHS, they have to donate. It's as simple as that, because otherwise we won't be there at the end of next year. Um, right. we, don't, we do not want to spend the money we have in the bank is for two new hospital wards, which are kind of just about to start being built. Yeah. If we, that's kind of going backwards, isn't it? Yeah. Hundred percent, and buy it from iTunes. That that's one of the key messages as well. If you get it from iTunes, you guys will get a bigger share of the money compared to streaming. So that's really important that people listening to this. Yeah, right iTunes now. have been very good. They they have helped out as much as they can. And, and if you buy it from iTunes, we do get we do get the money directly. It's actually brilliant. So how was it in terms of the who? Because you guys were obviously going to be playing one of the nights at the at the Royal Albert Hall. How do you stay match fit in terms of touring and doing other gigs whilst you've got this lockdown going on? What are you doing? Climbing the walls. <laughs> Painting and decorating. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to do as much as I can. Um, but you, you, singing, it's like being a boxer. You know, you can be fit and you can be... You think you're ready for a fight, but until you get in the ring and get match fit, you you you, you can't know. play uh, international friendlies, can you? When you're in a band, no, you a couple of non-consequential friendlies. Uh, you know, I, 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 the pipes are still there. I, I, I did some shows in, in a very, I was singing on my birthday in March. The first of March was the last show I did with my own band. Yeah. And I was on a cruise. Hey. <laughs> you can't rehearse over Zoom or anything like that, can you? Believe it or not, I hate to laugh at this, but, but someone was taking me. We were supposed to go to uh, uh, Grand Cayman. And when we got to Grand Cayman, it was so, the sea was so rough, we couldn't land because the ship couldn't get around the right side of the island. And they had to get someone off the boat, and they said he'd had a heart attack or something. And apparently that person did have the virus and actually died. So... Oh my God! We're very close to it. You think? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Could have been quarantine there, Roger. That would have been a nightmare. Well, a lot worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> quarantine. I, I just want one other thing about you know great memories of the Who. Uh, this weekend just gone uh, on. Uh, in fact, last night on Absolute Radio. Over the course of the weekend, we'll be doing our front room Isle of Wight festival because we wanted to make sure that that brilliant festival went ahead and we took it to people's front rooms rather than get it cancelled like everything else is being cancelled at the moment. We played the Who's performance from 1970 at the Isle of Wight festival. Got any memories of that? what it was like it sounded amazing uh, uh most of my memories of that really the shows were all pretty similar through that period we were doing so many gigs a week um but my main memories of it was incredibly cold night it was in august but once the sun went down it was freezing <laughs> uh so our roadies went out and, and managed to collect a load of pallets and god knows what probably somebody's amps that <laughs> we don't know what we were burning but we got a fire going and which was the only fire backstage and, and we all sat around this fire and, I, and I, was, I sat next to Jim Morrison and we we downed a bottle of cup southern comfort uh, and they were on they went on just before us and uh they were they were great Jim was great it was the last time really we had a kind of a real group get together because in those days we used to mix a lot in the, today we're like ships that pass in the night everybody's on the road going to different places but in those days England was and London in particular was a very small musical village so we used to see each other all the time and that really was the last time that we uh, we had that kind of closeness and it was it and of course three months after that Jim died yeah, I never, I never got the drink back. <laughs> 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 it's the last Isle of Wight festival for a while as well. That one was until uh, uh, until it uh, uh, it got reborn. Um, a year later, in 1971, um, our schooners won the double. Rog, um, are you? Uh, <laughs> I have to bring it up. I've got we're, we're we're having a video call here. I've got I've got the Emirates behind me as a background. Um, are you in any way? It, looking forward to the return of football next week? or is Oh, yeah. I mean, I just wish they'd been a bit more imaginative with how it looks on the TV. Uh, because you, you, could have, you could have blue screened the uh, seats. That's easy to do. Uh, and, and superimposed any kind of crowd and just played crowd noise over it. It would have given it some kind of atmosphere. But it might, it might not have felt like Arsenal. Well, I don't call it the library. No. <laughs> the strange thing was, and this is good. This is good. An awful clip for for an interview here. But um, last night I was sat on the toilet, and in the toilet I've got uh, a, a little library of books, toilet reading, and one of them was little facts and quotes about Arsenal. Just flicking through it, trying to get business moving. Lovely. I turned the page. I thought I'd share it. I turned the page. And there's <laughs> it's a very small book. <laughs> but there was a quote from you. It was a quote from you, and it was something along the lines of, um, I just love the sound and the feeling of sat in the Highbury Stadium, surrounded by gooners. Yeah, I, yeah that's true. I, yeah. Now, there's something about Highbury, um, where, where I used to sit in Highbury, I, 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 you know, I get offers to go in the boxes all the time, but I want to be in the crowd. Uh, I love the banter. It's funny. Uh, you know, Londoners, it, it, there's something about them. It's, it's a magical experience. Um, I don't think the Emirates is quite caught up. Uh, and, but there again, things change and energies change. So hope, let's look to the future and think lucky. 
We're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I love your idea about the blue screen crowd in there as well. How <laughs> hard would it be? You know, yeah. it's in CGI. It's just a piece of cake. A Fulham could take that on full time. Virus yeah, or no virus. They could actually have a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, well, Rogers, awesome to have you on. Intrigued to see you, Henry Hoover in the background there. You've been doing a bit of hoovering before oh, I'm, I'm, I'm decorating. I'm decorating. <laughs> I'm right in the middle of it. I'm, I've, I've just cleaned myself up a bit to talk to you guys. It's a wonderful product endorsement for, uh, for the Henry Hoover Corporation. They'll be <laughs> delighted to hear this news. Listen, you can't whack a Henry. Now, <laughs> you can't. No matter what Dyson tells you, you can't whack a Henry. Does your one keep rolling over, though? Our one keeps rolling over, like quite disobediently, like a dog. They roll over and they crush around, don't they, behind you? It's like having a friend. It's like having a dog that's a little bit out of control. (laughs) Well, listen, let's let's remind everyone again then, where can they get the single? What's the name of the single? And and obviously for an amazing call. I'll Stand By You. Um, uh, It's Bonnie Tyler and Rain Kelly. And you get it on iTunes. And if you get it on iTunes, every bit of the proceeds of, of, of the uh, royalty goes to, straight to the Teenage Cancer Trust. Brilliant. Roger, it's been great fun talking to you. Thank you very much. Keep well and uh, we'll speak soon. All right. You be lucky, guys. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Right, somebody is going to start their week uh, by going off to the Isle of Wight Festival 2021 because that's going to happen, unlike 2020, uh, which we did in style over the weekend with our uh, Isle of Wight Front Room Festival. But we were asking you to get in touch with us, to tweet us uh, your at-home virtual Isle of Wight Festival setups. My word, some of you went to town and it was worth it because the best one is going to win tickets to the festival for 2021. Honestly, if you need to, a little smile on your face, I would urge you to have a little look on Twitter and just look at the people that were shortlisted because I love when people get involved with this and that's why you lot are the best listeners in the world because you have a laugh, you're up for a laugh and you get involved. I declare Claire Haywood, one of our uh, finalists, I think it might be her husband dressed in a zebra gimp suit. There's only, that's the only way you can <laughs> describe that picture. Claire LP33 on Twitter on her boyfriend's shoulders with a little tiny tent in the corner, the exact same teepee that our daughter's got in our lounge as well with Absolute Radio on the telly in the background. Uh, Freya, who is sat out the front of, they've got a lovely little um, garden going on there, just play, singing some songs, playing guitar like people do out in a festival. Uh, Island Pixie, who's got her own gazebo going on there as well. And Paige Clifford, who has got some friends over and they're having a little barbecue, all their tents in a circle, pretty much their own festival as well. Some amazing setups, but Claire LP33, I mean, that's your Twitter name. I hope that's not your real name. Uh, <laughs> what? That's brilliant. I mean, yeah, on, on shoulders, inside, because it was the Front Room Festival, but with a little tent and gazebo and the kids' toys out as little stages, it's awesome. So well done. You've won. You are going to the Isle of Wight Festival 2021. You're going to see Lewis Capaldi. You'll see Lionel Richie. You'll see Snow Patrol. Uh, you'll see Sam Fender. You'll see the Lightning Sea. You'll see Duran Duran. You'll see Supergrass. You'll see Carly Rae Jepsen. And tickets are on sale now. Book early. Let's get all of this disappointment out of our minds and focus on the next one. Absoluteradio.co.uk slash tickets. I haven't finished the lineup. Happy Monday. Shed 7, Primal Scream, Kaiser Chiefs, Razorlight. 
Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. So just doing this last bit of the podcast with my uh, 21-month-old daughter, Thea, on my knee. You right there? Hi. Hi, yes, getting ready to do her, have her bath. Uh, we were obsessed with that fella doing Texas Hold'em, and how does it work? Yeah, one second. Uh, and Matt Lambert, the fellow who did Texas Hold'em, has discovered it during lockdown, has clarified on Twitter, just after the show ended, with how he does it, how he does it, how he does it. And he says, to clarify, our version involves one person hosting, in brackets we take turns, the host WhatsApps the cards to each person playing, reveals community cards via Zoom, and keeps track of scores. Takes about four minutes per hand now, now that we know what we're doing. I still find that that's a very high-maintenance way of playing Texas Hold'em, isn't it? I'm not even entirely sure what he's talking about, but I like it. I like the endeavour of it. <laughs> uh, well, hey, look, it's a charming image of you talking about uh, gambling with uh, your 20-month-old daughter on your knee, ready for a bath. So uh, we'll let you crack on with that, and uh, we'll finish with our closing theme music. Do you know the weirdest thing is, just before I go, right, uh, with our eldest daughter, Erin... I got chucked out of a bookies for going in to try and put a bet on an England game when she was on my chest on one of those little slings. And, and the You're woman said kidding. to me, you can't bring a kid in here. No, she said, you can't bring a kid in here. And all the other old, like, you know, the old fellas you get in the gambling places looked at me like I was dirt. And I had to turn around and go out. So there you go. <laughs> Both daughters ruined their lives with gambling. Well done. Great dad. And so ends the hometown show. The boys have left the studio. But let me be your guarantor that hometown will be back for more. Push and Richie on the radio, they'll be back again tomorrow. Phantom Music interviews, subscribe, rate, and leave reviews.